It's Extra Crispy, a podcast of curious conversations on culture, creativity, and spirituality. With me, your fabulous host, Crispin Schroeder. So, man, it's getting crazy out there, huh? Between the circus of our presidential election, COVID, economic issues, unemployment issues, societal unrest, and natural disasters. Have we ever seen such a combination of crazy stuff? I mean, as I am recording this episode right now, Hurricane Delta is about to make landfall in southwest Louisiana, not far from where Hurricane Laura devastated Lake Charles and the surrounding areas back in August. In the last few weeks, I have had the opportunity to go around the Lake Charles area a a bit with a, a friend of mine who is a structural engineer, and I have never seen that kind of damage from a hurricane before. It's just, it's just mind-blowing. And and how extensive it is, how, what a large area it covers. So I am definitely keeping the folks of Southwest Louisiana in my prayers uh, today and in the next few days because I, my heart breaks for what they're going through right now. But I did not, I'm not doing this podcast to talk about the weather. Um, (laughs) Today on the podcast, I want to talk about um, one of the songs that is on my new album. Um, For those of you that don't don't know, I've been working on a new album, really going back about three years now, but, but we're in the final stretch here. I actually started a Kickstarter to fund the album two weeks ago. It's a month-long Kickstarter, and we're already 70% funded, so that's exciting to be that far in the process, just uh, halfway through it. Um, And this is not an infomercial for my album, so don't worry. Uh, But if you want to support it, you can go over to Kickstarter. Uh, The the album is Dreaming and Waking. You can just type my name in and see the campaign. Um, But I want to talk about the the first single that we released from the album, which was back in May, uh, April, called "Everyone Knows the King Has No Clothes," and and kind of the the thought process behind that, because there was a lot of people that kind of assumed they they understood what the song was about just by the title, but uh, I really feel like the the story on which it's based is is really relevant to the times we're living in right now. So uh, I want to start off this episode by telling the story of the emperor's new clothes. I don't know where I heard this story. I mean, it was probably in grade school or high school or something. I don't ever remember reading it, but the wonderful thing about parables and and fables and, and even, you know, ancient myths from around the world or, or you know, the, the parables of Jesus in the Bible or even works of literature and poetry and and song, the ones that really stick with humanity, they stick with us and become even part of our vernacular because they have a way at getting at truth 
And I believe that this story is, is, a, is a great um, example of that. So I'm going to tell you the story, at least the way I remember it. Um, I, I think the story came out in the mid-1800s, I'm pretty sure. But um, So here's the way I remember it. Once upon a time, in a kingdom far, far away, there was an emperor who ruled a vast kingdom. And this king was not only powerful, but he was quite vain. Outward appearances really mattered a lot to him. And one day, some unscrupulous con men show up, masquerading as high-end clothing tailors, and they told this king that for a big chunk of gold, we can create you some garments that are going to be the most exquisite, glorious garments ever worn by a human being on planet Earth. These garments are so exquisite that only the most discerning and wise can even behold them when you put them on. They're so light that you won't even feel them against your skin. This king, you know, probably not wanting to look like an idiot himself, wanting to be wise, says, absolutely, sign me up, here is a bag of gold. And so these tailors leave and they come back a time later with invisible clothes. Now this king can't admit that because to admit that he doesn't see the garments would be to admit that he's a fool, which is quite a good con job, by the way. So they pretend to put these garments on him that he can't feel, that he can't see. He's really just completely naked. And in his vanity and pride, the king does what you know rulers would do. He decides to have a parade procession through the streets to show his fashion sensibilities to the masses. And the parade goes down the street. You've got the horsemen and the soldiers and then behind them when the float arrives with the king there he is in all his naked glory and everyone just remarks with cheers and shouts at how glorious this king looks in his new clothes that nobody actually sees now I don't remember the fable telling us why everybody acted that way Perhaps this king was a tyrant. Maybe it was like these videos I've seen from North Korea where, you know, the, the leader dies and they have to, like, take to the streets and act like they're horribly sad for hours. And if they're not sad enough and crying enough, it's off to the gulags with you. Perhaps these people have heard rumors of the kind of clothes the king is wearing that only the most wise and discerning can actually see them. And so nobody wants to look like a fool any more than the king does, who's wearing nothing. So they all act like he is just beautiful, splendored in his glory. Everybody except for one little kid, one little boy who points his finger and says, The king is naked. Oh, shut up, Johnny. You're not supposed to say that. Pardon my kid, he just, he, he doesn't have discerning eyes. It's a silly story, but it, it really, I, I find this story so relevant for the times in which we live. And it was 
the inspiration for the song I wrote, Everyone Knows the King Has No Clothes. Now, when the song, when we released this song back in April, a lot of people assumed just by the title, they judged it by the title and the cover, you know, it's a king that is, you know, got his privates boxed out, singing into a microphone, naked. <laughs> a lot of people assumed that they that this song was really a jab at Donald Trump. And to that I would say, well, if the shoe fits, that's fine. You know, you could you could certainly use it towards Donald Trump. But I think the most scandalous aspect of this story, the Emperor's New Clothes, is how everybody played along with it. It is not a surprising thing to have a narcissistic, uh, vain ruler ruling. I mean, vain rulers have been along, around as long as there have been rulers. But what is quite an indictment is how everybody plays along with it. In fact, that is the, the refrain in the song that happens over and over. We all play along with it. We all like to fight about it. We all get distracted by it. But why? Oh, why? About a year ago, I remember hearing an episode of Freakonomics Radio Podcast where they were turning an economic lens towards American politics. And the, and the question they started off is like, what if we looked at politics in America as an industry? Because it really is. It's a multi-billion dollar industry that is largely unregulated because the ones in charge of making the rules for regulations for industries aren't regulating themselves <laughs> or putting rules in place that, you know, they, they're the only ones that get to play. And in this podcast, they talked about how you know, politics in America really at this point is a duopoly. And it, it doesn't take anybody with much education to realize that a duopoly is not good for anyone. If you only have two options, it's, it's not usually good. Like, I, I mean, for me, like internet service <laughs> where I live, you either get AT&T or Charter. And both of them kind of suck. You know, I've gone back and forth, you know, it's just like, but that that's all you get. You got two choices. And if there were only two record companies in charge of all the music out there, or if there were only two airlines, you know, you can think about this in, in, in many ways, apply it in any way you can. A duopoly doesn't lead to innovation. It actually leads to corruption. In a duopoly, the two businesses will naturally define themselves against one another as if, you know, because they're the only ones competing. Which I, I think is part of the reason why we are in such a place of polarization in this country. You look at how divided this nation is becoming, at least the way it looks. I mean, I really do believe most people in this country are not that far apart on most issues. But you look at the way everything is being framed uh, both by politics and media, it's as if this is it. This is the only way it works. You got two choices. Justin Amash, I think that's how you say his name, um, who really, I've, I've heard some interviews with him. I think this guy is really sharp. He's the only senator right now serving that is not a Republican or a Democrat. He was a Republican, but he is now the only third-party candidate in, in Congress. Uh 
for the Libertarian Party, he tweeted this the other day. He says, politics is driven by the two old parties, and the two old, old parties are driven by partisan media personalities. And partisan media personalities are driven by money. And there's no money in being reasonable or rational. Quite insightful there, Justin. <laughs> we have a system, no doubt, because of this corrupt duopoly and the media personalities that prop them up, whether on CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News, that has created this whole climate in which we think the only options we have at this point are either red or blue. But we're all just playing along with it, folks, as if we don't actually live in a democracy. And that, that's the saddest thing, is that this, these political systems have become so, so entrenched that we really don't think we have any other options. We do. You don't have to vote for Trump or Biden. There's other options. Now, I don't think they're, they're terribly viable options at the moment because of where we are. I've heard people say for quite a long time, you know, I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. I remember hearing that in the last election. I didn't know hardly anybody who voted for Trump that were actually excited about it. You know, I'm not voting for Trump. I'm voting against Clinton. And now I hear that refrain from uh, my Democratic friends. You know, I'm not voting for Biden. I'm just voting against Trump because I'm so afraid if, if Trump continues to stay in power, like it's going to be horrible for everybody. But I got to tell you, that whole the lesser of two evil things, it's getting really hard to determine which is the worst for us moving forward. I mean, we live in a country where there are some brilliant, competent, innovative leaders in all aspects of society. It's not like we have a shortage of leadership in this country. But I think most of the actual competent leaders in this country, are, they're staying as far away from politics as they can because we've, we've created a system where you pretty much have to sell your soul and, and just toe the party line uh, to, to be involved in it. The thing is broken. And I, I honestly, I, I don't know which is going to be worse for this country country, you know, a Donald Trump presidency or a, a Biden presidency. I was listening to Dan Carlin's podcast. Uh, Dan Carlin runs the Hardcore History podcast, which is one of the best podcasts that's been around for a very long time. But he also has a side podcast, which he has not released very many episodes of in the last few years called Common Sense. And Carlin makes the argument that you know, Trump right now and, and where we are as a country is, is kind of like Rome under Caesar. You know, a lot of people think Trump is, is a fascist. He's not a fascist. He's, he's a pragmatist. He's not an idealist. But Trump, what we can see of his character is that he, he's definitely narcissistic and, and about himself. And Carlin makes a good point that Trump may drive our country off a cliff out of his own pride, his own arrogance, which is scary. I don't disagree. I mean, Trump has done a good many things that I, I think were actually beneficial for this country. Uh, when you look at some specific policies, I, I think he has actually done a lot of good for this country. But I remember growing up, like, you know, hearing things like, you know, 
integrity matters. How you do things actually matters. Like your substance as a person, like that actually matters. And I, I still believe that. I know it may be an antiquated idea, but when I saw the debates, the first presidential debates and Donald Trump coming out there like a bully on the playground and just freaking dominating Joe Biden, I, it was it was heartbreaking. I mean, I'm just like, I've never done good with bullies in my life. You know, in grade school, I, I had to stand up to numerous bullies. Sometimes I got my ass kicked, but I stood up to them, every one of them. Donald Trump, to me, is a, a spoiled billionaire bully. And it's worked well for him. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that it's not a good strategy for making deals. And, and sometimes that's exactly what you need. You know, I mean, sometimes you need a bully to face a bully. But then the other option is a career politician who is an obvious cognitive decline. Joe Biden gets elected president. He will be the oldest person ever elected for president and he can rarely string together more than two or three sentences that are coherent. Is this the best that we can do, America? Come on. Why is nobody, or, or I mean, there's plenty of people asking, but I just don't feel it in, in a mainstream sense. Why is, why is nobody actually questioning the system? The system is broken, folks. And I don't hold out a lot of hope that, uh, you know, a third-party candidate has a viable option, you know, in, at least in this presidential campaign. I will, you know, at this point, I don't think I'm going to vote for Trump or Biden. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with anybody who does. But I think the one thing that, that the emperor's new clothes, that, that parable shows us, is that how, how easily populations can be co-opted into backing something that is naked and broken and just for whatever reason. We all play along with it. We all fight about it. We all get distracted by it. And those who lead the Democrats and Republican parties are perfectly fine with us warring with each other on Twitter, with talking heads arguing about this on Fox News and CNN. They're perfectly fine with that as long as we believe that we only have two options. As long as they keep holding on to their power, they're fine that we keep fighting and protesting and arguing. They're perfectly fine with us. But whoever wins... We, the American people, lose. My hope in these next few years, regardless of whether we have a Trump administration or a Biden administration, is that we use this time to wake up folks and we get another voice in there. We break the stranglehold of this corrupt duopoly. We get some other fresh voices in there. We get some competent people who actually care about the American people, because I know I probably sound very cynical, but I don't really think that the, the Republicans or Democrats in mass, uh, at least in the political parties, I don't really think they care much about anything other than holding their own power. So there you have it. There's my political rant. <laughs> uh, and, and I will just, take this episode out by by playing the song everyone knows the king has no clothes and uh let, let's get back to some music and uh and and you know my next episode coming back has nothing to do with this stuff but i i did want to to speak about this because i i really do believe we are drowning in a sea of information but we are starving for wisdom in this country and my prayer is 
that we would stop playing this game, stop just making decisions out of knee-jerk reactions and hot takes and, and, and playing the game that, that the media and social media and politicians want us to play by demonizing one another. We need some leaders that are competent that can bring people together in this country. We're in a desperate time, folks. And if this game, if, if, if things just keep going along like this, that is, that is a recipe for instability and revolution. I mean, at some point, the American people, when they feel like it doesn't matter who they vote for, that's going to be a problem. And I think we can start acting now to avoid that. I think we still have time. My hope is that we'll start waking up and actually start working together. Wow. 
goes It's just window dressing There ain't no soul And the things that really matter Are trampled down below Everyone knows The king has no Play along 